0: Backchat Studios is a part of the ACAST Creator Network. Head to backchatpodcast.com.au to sign up as a patron and access all of our merch.
1: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
0: our Basketball Show. We're here again, episode four or five. I I've lost track already. That's how bad my counting is. And usually next to me is Greg Hire, Ben yep. Malice. But uh, you're not going to hear either of those voices. You never know who you're going to hear. I've got Jacob Chance yep. right across from me. Assistant coach at the Track Jumpers. Thanks for coming in, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Now, I d- was doing a bit of... Um, uh, research about you and before, actually before I get to that backchat underscore basketball on Instagram that's where I assume you'll, you'll start following that once you leave and yeah, um, that's how you get in contact with us or hello at backchatpodcast.com.au um, I was doing a bit of research on you and I stumbled upon this. Um, Sheesh, Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> here we go. So I'm just going to read you a bit of an excerpt from a, um, a book that I assume you may have written. Oh no! Yeah, so I know where this is going. This do you know like, where this is going? I think I know where this okay, is going. so I'm just going to read you. <laughs> now, with the preseason about to begin, a shoulder injury has me sidelined. I'm sent to work with the team's new athletic trainer and come face to face with Leah, my Hampton's hookup, and our chemistry is explosive yeah. as ever. <laughs> The no fraternisation clause in our contract should keep us from acting on our mutual attraction, but the close proximity my rehab requires makes her damn near impossible to resist. <laughs> my five-year-old son is my priority, and I can't risk losing my job no matter what. This baller won't give in to temptation. At least that's what I tell myself. <laughs> so Jacob Chads is an erotic sports novelist. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that you or is it? It is
1: definitely not me. Okay. Um, I can't remember how we stumbled across this, but I think we were sitting at work one day. I was like, you ever Googled yourself? I think I was with Adam Ford. I (laughs) can't remember. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's, it takes me back a bit, and uh, yeah, he just typed. He's like, "Let's type in your name," and this came up with like book after book, and it was. There's so many of them. There's a lot. Yeah, he's done really well for himself. Good there's on him.
0: It's like, um, like loving the quarterback, um, t- the baller. Like, it's all sports related. No, it's it's crazy. Good. Yeah,
1: partner found out about. it. She thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, but, uh, good.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm I'm so disappointed <laughs> it's not you, but um, you know. That's cool. You could you could tell other people that you've yeah, you got a 100 Um you and I both contributed to a, a championship <laughs> yeah, we <did>. in two thousand and nineteen <laughs> at the Perth Wildcats. Um, to various degrees. I mean I was there. Yeah. You had a bit more to do. With I was it. also just there. You <laughs> well yeah, you were a little <laughs> bit just there. Um before we get into your story, I gotta ask this what first question. So um, on the Backtrack podcast, when we have guests on, we always ask what their greatest sporting achievement is. Yeah. So you've, you're probably going straight to basketball, but I'm going to tell you now that's not possible. We don't want you to tell us anything about basketball. Okay, has to be purely off the court. Um, so anything you've done can be athletics, whatever.
1: I reckon um, back in high school, it was pretty big. I went to CBC in Frio. And uh, it was pretty big indoor soccer It was a big sport I suck at soccer But um, (laughs) it took me back straight away As soon as you asked that question And in year 12 we had a really big tournament I was me and a couple of mates So we'd enter into it Uh, We were way out of our depth (laughs) And we played against a bunch of Italian fellas That were pretty good They were locked in They were ready to win the comp uh, we had the whole school packed out in our gym. I kicked the first goal of the game. Huge. Yeah, it was probably the most adrenaline I've ever had in a sporting field. Full
0: school watching you. Full school yeah,
1: there's a f- uh, Yeah, it was unreal. That's uh, good. Uh, I remember celebrating with the fans. We lost 6-1, <laughs> but it was uh, just punting it in. Big toe poke, back yep. net, Yeah, just out of nowhere. We sprung
0: them with the first goal and... Uh, certainly, probably Huge. up there. You yeah. didn't park the bus then, and just train. Tried to. Yeah, it was hard. Still six yeah. goals. <laughs> <laughs> Still, it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. um, we're going to talk some basketball news and a little bit about what you're doing in the NBL now. Yep. Um, I want to first touch on Steve Nash getting fired yeah. today by the Brooklyn Nets. Um, you're a coach. Mm. Uh, Steve Nash is the coach. He is interesting. I saw the first tweet was Steve Nash has been fired by the Brooklyn Nets, and yep. then the next tweet from from um, Adrian Wojnarowski. Yeah, Sorry, mate. Um, yeah. Said. Uh, it was a mutual decision from both parties. Yeah. So he's either fired or it was mutual. Uh, what's your take on this whole situation with with the nets?
1: It's not often things in sport are mutual. That's yeah. the first <laughs> probable thing we hear yeah. it all the time. It's definitely never mutual. Um, yeah, I always, I guess, I always worry as a co- as a young coach. I wasn't a player. I wasn't very good. And my first reaction is like, well, sheesh, if. if Steve Nash is getting fired. Like, what <laughs> chance do I ever have of being, <laughs> yeah. being a successful coach? So uh, it's, it's, the NBA is very different. It's um, There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of money. I just think it's uh, like a lot of American sports, just bigger and better. And with that comes a lot of rogue things. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, the Nets have you – know, I don't follow a lot of it at the start of the year, but it sounds like yeah. they're a bit of a disaster and they've got a bit it going is. on.
0: Yeah, so Kevin Durant requested a trade in the offseason. Yep. He's been balling out. Uh, ben Simmons looks like um, – Charles Barkley in, um, what's that movie, Space Jam. Yep. After they take his, his powers. powers yep. Yep. Uh, Kyrie Irving is tweeting yep. you know, anti-Semitic books yep. and movies or whatever. Now there's a, uh, a rumour going around that Ime uh, Udoka, the Boston Celtics coach, is going to be taking the reins. Right. But he's on um, some sort of leave of absence for misconduct yep. at the team. So I've no idea it's what all the happening. Nets are do- <laughs> doing. It's all happening. But Steve Nash might be just happy now. Um, just yeah, he's he's a big soccer guy. He's probably just out there watching soccer. And I'm sure Steve himself. Nash will be all right. Yeah. He'll, he'll find
1: something <laughs> to do. And yeah, it's it's the NBA is there's a lot of extracurricular stuff going on. Yeah, uh, and it's hard to navigate that. And got 82 games. I think they're like seven games in. So this yeah. is just the beginning. Just the beginning. Uh, yeah. And usually there's a lot more to come.
0: Yeah, it's always chaos. Um, you're not currently verified on Twitter. I noticed.
1: Yeah, it's probably for a good reason. <laughs> what have we got?
0: 20 <laughs> I, followers. Yeah, How many people? Three, three, eighty-ish. <laughs> okay. Um, that's well. Twitter, well, Elon sort of announced that you'd be paying for a verification mark. Is that something you'd consider now with it being possible for you to be verified on Twitter?
1: Yeah, I mean, why not? Eight dollars. <laughs> I think it's about eight dollars a month. Is he going to make all celebrities pay that? Are you, well, are you a celebrity? No, I'm not a celebrity. That's a <laughs> cool me out. That's good. No. But like, is everyone who's no, got a blue so tick? No, so I
0: think in order to retain your blue tick, wow. you have to pay the fee. Okay. So not just to get one.
1: So Kim Kardashian's going to pay $8 a month for a tick.
0: I reckon Kim might be, a, I do mean, might have a list of people, <laughs> right, okay. like Kim right. K is probably, maybe the top 10. i think followed. about it.
1: What does it get, what does it get you? Um, do you have a blue tick? You, yeah, I got a blue tick nice. and I earned it. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pay for it. Uh, it just makes you better
0: than everyone else, I guess. Yeah, that's, well,
1: I'll pay for it then. Why Good. not? Yeah, paying for societal class, why not? Uh,
0: okay, let's get into a little bit of your story. Have you um, met Hasbullah?
1: <laughs> I haven't met. I should have met him. I had right. an opportunity to meet him. Yeah, we're coming back from uh, the last window. We're coming back from Bahrain, yep. and uh, how did you find this out? This is impressive. <laughs> no, we were coming back from Bahrain, and uh, I was at the lounge in Dubai, and I was at the gate, and there was someone who couldn't get in. They wouldn't let him into the lounge.
0: In they du- didn't let Hasbalaran. We weren't letting
1: him in, and his mates were getting a bit rowdy at yep. the uh, Dubai staff, the Emirates staff, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I recognize that guy, and I walked back in. I googled it, and I was with Racy Vague and Sam yep. Froling, and I was like. I'm pretty sure this Hasbullah guy's at the front. No one believed me. Uh, And the boys were flying business and I was back in cattle class with the rest (laughs) of everyone else. And uh, they got on the plane. Sure enough, they were sitting next to Hasbullah. And uh, we got off the plane in Melbourne together. He was right there. I... Didn't have the courage. I didn't want to annoy him. People were bothering him and he was quite yep. content just waiting for his luggage and yeah, go. I missed an opportunity to meet One him of your man. life regrets, I assume. 100%, yeah.
0: Um, okay, let's get into your background as a basketball player. You said you weren't very good. No. Um, so why basketball? Why are you in basketball now?
1: Um, not really sure. I was just having this conversation with uh, some of the guys coming here and it randomly just came up. Um, I started playing when I was young. I was playing footy and basketball and cricket as it most kids did and I just loved the group i was with and coaching and all the things behind playing and um yeah i was just much better at it i don't know I wasn't that good i played (laughs) a little bit of nbo one and realized pretty quick i was contributing in other ways as opposed to scoring or being on the floor and yeah i got really lucky when i was 21 to get an internship at perth and it just kind of went from nothing i did my physio degree was getting ready to be a physiotherapist and maybe go and study medicine i was doing some random things and then 40 calls me and has an opportunity and yeah, fast fast forward eight years and I'm sitting here with Tassie Jack Jumpers as yeah. an assistant coach.
0: Yeah, that's huge. So you were doing video work mainly yeah. when you first started. What, what what was that entailing?
1: Uh I would rock up, I would film practice, I would cut practice using sports code and, and yep. give it to the coaches and kind of take off. I'd go to the afternoon in a clinic treating patients as a physio to earn some money. So yeah, yeah I just thought it'd be a four month thing be pretty i was a massive wildcats fan and yeah thought was was like come oh, in it'd be great and uh once it was done that year in 15 and 16 we won it did mad monday i was like this is the coolest <laughs> four months of my life and yeah. yeah never expected anything after that
0: yeah so then how does that transition move from being the video kid to you know getting a chance to get more involved in the coaching aspect
1: yeah I think at um at the end of that first year when I was kind of weighing up the CEO at the time the GM was like you know you got a decision to make here he Troy was it or was no it was it, Nick was it Marvin Nick? yeah so Nick was um very very keen on me to keep doing my physio work he said you know this industry is ruthless you could be yep. you know Trev could get fired next week and you might not be coming back and yeah I think it's important you keep working and At the same time, I was like, well, I've got an opportunity here to have a swing. Uh, I should really have a crack and maybe I'll put the physio stuff on the back burner and dive in. So when I made that decision to do that, uh, it gave me more opportunity to hang around, do stuff in the afternoon. The coaches started giving me tasks and yep. I was able to get them done and they gave me more. The more I did, the more they gave me. And yeah. by the end of that second year, it was like, all right, we're ready to put you on the payroll and give you a full-time job and, and that's where it took off.
0: That's pretty good. What were you, um, how are you living as in those early days? Because if you're just – yeah you know, Throwing yourself at it right I assume you couldn't really have I was Much r- more work
1: Yeah I was really lucky Like I had a job Down at Garden Island The naval base I right. had, Yeah I had an unbelievable boss there So some mornings I'd do like I hate being that guy I Says i worked multiple jobs And grinded Because I had it pretty good But <laughs> I'd do like 5 o'clock till 7.30 In the morning at the pool Yeah And then I'd race up to Floriate get on the practice floor, hang around there until two, and I might go back and do a yep. a five to eight p.m. shift. Like it was a bit of a right. piss take, but I was getting <laughs> great money. The yep. naval base just has all these contractors over there looking like lifeguards, but I'd just be watching NBA and sitting right. there watching people swim. It was I shouldn't say that, but it's pretty crazy. It was pretty, yeah, pretty yeah. crazy. So um, yeah, the physio clinic kept me on for a little bit. They reduced my hours and yep. I was able to do like another 10, 15 hours of work a week. And yeah, mum helped out, dad helped out. Like yeah, I just had to bite cool. the bullet for a bit and yeah. see how it went.
0: I remember looking at the Wildcats website once, I think before I started working there, and they had a, a job position available as like a video coordinator yep. or something like that. And they used you as the example of like, you could become a coach. It's, yeah. it's that easy, but like I guess... I, I don't know if, if it happens that often i mean you hear like eric spolster in the nba was the miami heat yeah you know video guy and he but it doesn't seem like it'd be that common like it's not a, a sure a sure fire thing
1: yeah i think um certainly my pathway like not being an ex-player i think that's a common one for guys to get into the industry um certainly probably five or six years before i got in when video was taking off and all this analysis yeah. software and stuff was really coming to fruition um, guys started to jump in, like Adam Ford, that I followed a very similar pathway to right. him. Uh, he came who's, in with.
0: Who's currently coaching the. Cairns, Cairns Tire. Yep. Yeah. So
1: he was there. Um, uh, I think Ryan Petrick did it, who's the head coach of the Lynx yep. now as well. Yep. Um, I've done it. Uh, Luke Brennan, who's now the assistant at Perth, he's gone through that same process. So you're all kind of starting that similar role. And yeah. we've got a very similar role in Tassie now as well, with the young fella coming through. So yeah, um, yeah it's, it's a little bit more common, but it truly does depend on your ability to be able to get in and as much as you can because yeah it is volunteer it's, yeah. it's tough and if you've got a rent to pay and cost of living it's, it's pretty tough
0: yeah what was the transition like from that to actually having coaching responsibility and then having to work with players i guess like earning their trust and things like that
1: yeah uh it's difficult we had an unbelievable group in perth mate like jesse uh damo maddie knight like sean Redditch. like don't they, mention greg uh, do dimension mention Craig. <laughs> um These guys like they really embrace me like initially, and if they know you know what you're talking about, and they can feel that, and you're accessible to them, and you're invested in them getting better. Yeah. Uh, it usually goes from there. And players are pretty smart. Like most pros in most sports will figure you out pretty quick. And uh, as long as you're invested and you're willing to help them learn, and you can you can show them you can help them get better, uh, it happens pretty fast and organically. So uh, I was lucky. Like I was supported by Maddie Nielsen and Adam Ford and Trev. Obviously had a unbelievable staff that I kind of just got to work in the shadows a little bit. Uh, The bigger challenge was once Maddie and 40 left and then I was kind of thrown into it front yeah. bench assistant i was thinking i was 25 years old and yeah trev me and we ended up having an american come in uh that, w- that was probably more challenging trying yeah. to figure out like now i'm the guy like the guy yeah. that they're actually going to come to when they're, yeah. when they're struggling a bit you
0: sort of can't just fade into the black yeah and hope well, that, well know, maddie and
1: yeah. 40 were that was they're elite yeah. they're the best i've ever seen do it and the guys yeah. had so much faith in them and they both left at the same time i was like holy dooley, like yeah. i'm on here so um yeah that was that was a tough time
0: do you remember your first time where you had to sort of put your coaching pants on and and I don't know, not, not like tell off the yeah. team, but like, you know, when you had to go, okay, guys, it's time to listen. Um,
1: Not really. I mean, perth the beautiful thing about Perth and what we've created in Tassie is we've created an environment where the players hold themselves accountable yeah. based off their values. And when you have that and you're consistent with your approach, it's very easy to evaluate and give feedback. Yeah. I think coaches often struggle when... Everything's a bit rogue or there's no consistent approach to your daily habits and your daily environment. And that's when people can get a bit loose and like, oh, he's saying this, I'm saying this. And you get a bit of an edge. But uh, you have moments all the time. You just got to be honest. I mean, Mm. the best teams and the best relationships with players and coaches are built on honesty. And I feel like I've been able to create that with most of the guys.
0: How is um your relationship with the other coaches? What sort of like logistically through the week are you guys spending a lot of time together? Um, are you in WhatsApp groups constantly messaging each other? I mean, that's sort of if I think about like us and the team that work on this show, like I'm just constantly uh, berating yeah. others like in the, in the in the WhatsApp groups and stuff.
1: I think it's one of the more underrated parts of highly successful high performance teams is your management and your staff's chemistry because everyone talks about like how well your players get on, yeah. like that's obviously extremely important, but. I've been so lucky, like, in Perth, I mean, I've mentioned him multiple times, but Maddie like, I, I lost my license for six months, right. uh, losing my demerit points, I think you were in Perth at that time,
0: right, um, and you were getting driven
1: around, Nilsson would pick me, like, this is, Matt, like, Boomer's captain, and, like, he was picking me yeah. up, and taking me, I had a bike, I tried to ride to work, didn't <laughs> last long, um, from
0: what, from Rocco to Florida, no, no, I was in Como <laughs> at the time,
1: yeah, there's no way I'd do that, but, uh, yeah, I was all, yeah, he was picking me up and bringing me in, and, like it's pretty crazy when i think back you didn't yeah. have to do that he was living close by we still mm-hmm. didn't have to do it um and seems like a weird example but we spent time together all the time. car rides home every day yeah. talking hoops talking tactics and 40 we were in there all the time we enjoyed being at work which is obviously the first hurdle and I've got a similar setup in Tassie right now with Mark Radford and Jack Fleming and Micah Vicona. When he's in, we've just got a, a great environment where we can all hold each other accountable and, and get the best outcomes.
0: Yeah, I did see you rock up today in some huge white van. Yeah, it was, looks like this, the entire team. Yeah, was well, the, in, yeah, was in the players drop me off. They yeah. like,
1: "I was like, oh, I'm going to be this podcast in four four o'clock." They're at City Beach doing some recovery, and yep. I will drop you off. It's huge. Yeah, it's all good. That's great. Yeah.
0: Um, what was the difference like from coaching under Trev to then heading over to Tassie yep. and, and working with Scott? Because, I mean, and and you did work with Scott here in Perth as well.
1: Uh, They're not too different. They definitely have different approaches to the way they see the game. Scott's very defensive, and and Trev was too, but in different ways. Um, Yeah, the thing I I said this today as well when I was doing an interview like, the best coaches I've seen, 40, Maddie, Trev, uh, Brian Gorgian, uh, Scott, they're all consistent. Like, they don't waver from their identity. And that's going to be my biggest hurdle as a young coach, like, making sure I get an identity and I stick to it. Uh, which I'm still working on and crafting out. But these guys, they know exactly who they are. They know what they expect and they can drive that every day and they don't waver from it. They don't change yep. because, oh, we lost four games in a row. I'm just yeah. going to start doing something wrong. Because right. then the players feel that and it just gets a bit crazy. And uh, certainly with Scott and Trev, they're just consistent. You get the same beast every day. There's no surprises. Yep. And the players learn to get used to that and, and you get good results.
0: Who's got the better um, rapport with referees? Because Trev... I mean Trev used to cop it He would go after him as well
1: Um, It's fascinating Referees in in basketball With how intimate Like I mean AFL You can't give them a spray From a coach's box um, But
0: They just can't hear it They can't You
1: can You you know basketball Is so intimate And particularly the NBL uh, There's times where I felt like in Perth Trev was like conducting the orchestra like he had the <laughs> yeah. fans in one hand and had yep. the referees and had the group and he was just blending all three together and yep. come the fourth quarter you're like well, there's no way we're losing this game like it yep. was done but there's an art to it and mm. i think scott's very different he's much more nba in his approach kind of lets him go but i think that gives him more power when he does have something to say i think they probably take listen to him a little more just because it's not all the time but yeah um yeah, I'm not sure about rapport.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Greg um, was talking about Trev and the referees last week and said it was like um, he had a dog whistle. Like, it, regardless of like how loud it was, as soon as Trev would start talking, you just hear him like yeah. go- going going yeah, at the referee. Trev could get their attention pretty quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you could hear it from the side. Yeah. Um, so then, what about um, the move from Perth to Tasmania? So yep. you're you know Rocco boy. Yeah. Um, it's not. I can't see so- too many similarities with Tassie and oh actually. Uh, Maybe Tassie and Rocco I spent are a lot of my perf. time In
1: Frio Like right. very. I'm south of the river Like coming up yep. here today I was like Where am I I didn't <laughs> even know Where I was um, Got yep. maps on Mount Hawthorne like, When you said that I was like I couldn't I don't know um, yeah. And it's. A, I know it's a big debate The south and north river uh, yeah. Rivalry um, But certainly Frio Like I love I love Freo I love being in Frio I love living there The last few years Before I moved over to Tassie And Hobart's got a similar feel It's very small yep. Frio's probably bigger To be honest Like Hobart's yeah. a very small Capital city And the weather's been an adjustment. Um, that's certainly, you know, been a bit of a shock. But I've just enjoyed getting out of my comfort zone. It was mm. really important, particularly in my profession. Like, at some point, I'm going to have to move. I knew that. And I was very comfortable here in Perth. I had my routine, Yeah. North Street store, get a cinnamon bun on the way home, yep. get a coffee. Like, I just drive down the coast. It was all too good. And uh, I needed to challenge myself and get out of my comfort zone.
0: So then what about your role, how, how that's changed from the last coaching gig you had in Perth to then – because um, you're the lead assistant right yep. in Tassie. so you know if, if Scott gets tossed from the game you're I'm you on. got the clipboard yeah, yeah. so still
1: waiting I'm pushing him I'm just <laughs> yeah. going Scotty. if he gets it. one do <laughs> you like go on give yeah. him another he hasn't I don't think he's had one
0: yeah he seems too cool yeah. and calm
1: yeah yeah I don't think he I reckon I've had more warnings than Scott, which is a bit scary. But right.
0: um, no, would you, would you cop it if you if you were the reason for attack on the side? Would you get a bit of a side eye? From, oh, I don't him?
1: know. Scott is an interesting. Sometimes he gets after me. He's like, I need you to get up and about tonight. Right? Yeah. So it's I think we work well together in terms of he's quite calm. I'm a yeah. bit on the edge. Um, whereas Trev was all over him, so I could just sit back and yeah. enjoy it. But uh, there's certainly times where you have to go. Um, but I don't think I'd cop it. I don't know. Be interesting. Yeah. It's yeah. One way to find out.
0: <laughs> so, um, what about day to day? Um, how much more are you having to do over in Tassie with your your current coaching role?
1: It hasn't changed too much. The last couple of years in Perth, we had such big trends. Like we had Paul Wolpert come in. He left. Uh, Scotty came in. Yep. Uh, he left halfway through the next year. We had Bob Thornton come in, and through all that transition, I kind of took on that kind of lead assistant role yep. without technically being it anyway. Um, and looked after a lot of the day to day front officey like helping the place, which what Matty Nelson did before he yeah. left. But I think those American guys came in, they just didn't have enough time to understand that, get into it and yeah. go see the media department and spend yeah. some time with the corporate team. And I tried to really embrace that side of it. And that probably prepared me for getting to Tassie where a lot of that, you know, we're a brand new club. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it was installing policies and procedures and yeah. how we are going to approach the day to day. So uh, it hasn't changed too much. I think my on-court role, Big, heavy player development focus and creating a, a good environment for the guys to get better. And tactically, we, we share a lot of the responsibilities as we did in Perth.
0: Yeah. So first season inaugural team. Um, mm. Well, is that, is that what that would be called? Yeah, inaugural yeah. Jack Jumper's yep. team. You're yeah. you're a part of that. Yeah. That's pretty special to, to be able to work on that from the ground up.
1: Mate, it was... Um, it was a massive challenge. We got an unbelievable staff and front office and a lot of support. It's Hobart's a bit weird. Like initially, they're out to get us.
0: I think when right. I got there,
1: I got the feel like, oh, I think they're kind of waiting for us to fail. And yeah. when we started two and six, it was like they're coming for us a little bit. Like it's a waste yeah. of government money, and yeah, it was kind right. of starting to happen. And then, what
0: even is a jack jumper? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that's
1: true. Yeah, I didn't know what that was when I got there, but um, it's an ant. It's a yeah. very powerful ant, but. Um, yeah, it was it was a fascinating experience. It was something I'll be grateful for having gone through, um, but had its challenges. But the reward at the end of it, even if we didn't do what we had it done, uh, you know, seeing the effect it had on the community and what it, you know Hobart should have an AFL team. After being there now for twelve months, I was like, how does this place not have right. a sporting team to support? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they got the Hurricanes, but they haven't done a great job down there. But it's fascinating just how quickly they've got on board corporately communities kids running around in jerseys everywhere yeah and it's really got that small town feel like you're at woolies and there's jack jumpers people everywhere yeah, like nice. it's it's crazy and uh, it's been really fun
0: yeah that's cool um when you first um you know day one at the jack jumpers did you have any idea that you'd be in the finals because <laughs> i mean look players and coaches they'll be like yeah we always believed in our ability to win i i'd yeah. <laughs> At the same, but yeah. Come on, inaugural, the yeah. first ever team put together to go to the finals is crazy. I don't, need, I don't think anyone expected
1: it. No, I think it was funny. I think I did a press conference when I first got there, when I got signed or I announced that I'd come to town and everyone did one when they rocked up. And I said, well, we're here to win a championship. Like the NBL is not like the AFL. We have like, you've got a three year cycle, like, you have turnover every year. Yeah. Uh, There's lots of variances in the budgets and things like that. It's just not, you can't have a three year plan. You've got to be win now mode every year. And that's why you see different teams competing every year because that's just how it works. And uh, I said it in the journal. I was like, you really think you can win? I was like, well, I know me, Clint Steindl, Will Magne. All these guys that left Perth, where we always won, aren't coming here to not win. Like yeah. We didn't come here to just make up numbers and build. Like, um, And that was the same for all the other guys. Sam McDaniel just won a championship with Melbourne and signed for three years down in Tassie. Like, we all came there to win, and we had that mindset, and I think that paid off. We had really high character, we thought, winning guys, and they came in and, and did that straight away.
0: Yeah, it was nice to be able to, I guess, work with people that you'd worked with in the past as well. Definitely. I think there was. How many Wildcats players went over there? We had three. Three. Uh, Yeah, and then obviously two staff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it had a bit of consistency, which, I mean, that doesn't usually um, happen, and that's pretty crucial. I think that's partly why the Wildcats have been so successful for a long time, is their consistency, having the same sort of people. Was it. um, Do those sort of games against the Wildcats mean more to you?
1: ah uh, everyone always asks me that not really it's um it is weird it's weird going against Bryce yep. and Nordo and Wags guys that I've yeah you know, become mates with and, and coached. but um I think if Trev had have been there it might have been a bit strange yeah. but once he once he'd left and did the Toronto move and you know they had a new coach and new ownership it just didn't feel the same like you know even yeah. even going in there last year to RSA it didn't feel quite the same as what it was and uh that's that's fine and yeah it probably took the edge off it a bit
0: yeah um did, and you can, like, um, I reckon you'll give a, a nice answer to this, but <laughs> I do want your honesty. Was it nice seeing um, the Wildcats miss the finals? Uh, like you, li- you leave and they and they uh, miss the finals for the first time in 34 years and you're a part of a team that goes all the way to the end, yeah. of, the end of the finals.
1: If I'll be completely honest, like, it was actually pretty hard to watch. It was hard to see, like, Nordo and, and Wags, who well, I thought it yep. was Wags' last game, and we're yeah, watching right. it uh together at the casino in Hobart and I thought yeah obviously I knew what the what was at stake if they lost we were in and it was pretty crazy but that's uh, right because that's, yeah that yeah. was the balance so, yeah, yeah we were sitting there and I was like there's no way they're losing this game uh, I was watching yep. it. I was drinking a few gin and tonics I had a couple under my belt I was like, I thought we're done I thought we're mad Monday in two days' time <laughs> like and then it just kept going then when it sort of the final sign went and they missed that shot I was just sitting there like I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to text them. I didn't, you know, it was, yeah. it was pretty tough. And No sucked in boys or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, <nah>, nothing like <laughs> that. And, and that pressure was real in Perth. Like, you never wanted yeah. to be that team. And uh, yeah, it was, it was difficult. But yeah. at the same time, it was great for our group. We, we, I felt like we earned to be in the playoffs. And yeah. that showed when we won that semifinals.
0: Well, you, you won a close game late in the season against the Wildcats. And so yeah. it all contributes, yeah. um, all those wins. Definitely. Um, so uh, you're about to go to Kazakhstan. Which is, yeah. which is something that yep. not everyone gets the opportunity to no. do. Um, Can you talk about your sort of role with the Boomers and, and what that looks like?
1: Uh, technically, I'm employed there as like a head of video and analysis. So I guess I've kind of gone back to yeah, right. full circle to what I did in, in Perth. Um, and But it's gone a little bit further than that, I guess, in the last couple of months, just with like Gorge hasn't been there and been bumped up into this assistant role uh, yep. for the last couple of trips to Bahrain and now this one coming up. The Asia Cup was similar, so that'll be my role through the World Cup and the Olympics. Once all the big dogs come back and filter through, yeah. But it's been unreal. Like, I never, yeah, I was obviously never able to comprehend what it meant to represent your country, and Mm. still probably haven't fully. But the first time you put on something with Australia on it, it's yeah. Same time you wear WA, it's just like this is the coolest thing ever, and been really lucky. Yeah, got a lot of people to thank.
0: Kazakhstan, um, that's gonna be fun. yeah. Yeah. How many? I mean, all I can think of is yeah. Borat. yeah yeah
1: <laughs> well i did uh i did russia a few years ago uh for right. a trip yeah the world cup in 2018 yep. i think yeah um yeah i thought it was unique and i enjoy traveling to unique parts of the world so i'm excited to uh check out what the kazakhstan has for me
0: yeah very nice um all right we got some emails that usually um greg myself and ben would answer but you're here wow let's so go. we're gonna yep. we got we got one um and then an instagram comment which Works in beautifully. I didn't know you were going to be on this, but uh, let's go to this first email from um, Stefan or Steven. Uh, hey, fellas, what are your thoughts on fans following players and not teams? I've been a Laker fan for 20-plus years and find myself getting annoyed at people, for example, who follow LeBron team to team. Um, I understand maybe swapping teams if you work close with them and their superstar made you wet while they were wore nothing but a towel. Um, keep up the good <laughs> work, Why? chance. Uh, I'll give you context to that. Um, <laughs> when I was in Dallas, I was writing for this uh, SB Nation website, Mavs Moneyball. Okay. So I was there as a media member and Dirk used I to... I think I
1: remember that. that. was before Perth, right? Yeah, before yeah, Perth. Yeah, yeah, Dirk
0: yeah. used to do this thing, the goat father who lives up above um, with Great us. Great yeah. um, He used to do this thing where he'd come out of the shower, um, like wrapped in a towel, but he wouldn't dry himself, so he'd just be really wet. Um, and so you'd do your wow. lo- locker room interviews and he'd just be dripping water on you. So that's the context
1: to you, em- you obviously embrace that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so <laughs> um,
0: that's – I know you looked a bit confused there with that. No, last I, was, <laughs> I had <laughs> no <laughs> idea what was going on. I thought yeah. it was a G-up. Yeah, yeah, I was no. like, what's that? No, that yeah. was from last week. Okay. So um, your, fa- your thoughts on following um, – who, who, what NBA team do you follow? <sighs> or are you so this is going to be people? crazy.
1: No, no, no. Well, I was actually a big Cavs fan. Right. So um Pre-Lebron Pre-Lebron Yeah So the year before They had got Lebron I watched a game I watched my first NBA game And was like I'm going to support the losers When I was getting into hoops And the Cavs yeah. had like Ricky Davis And they sucked <laughs> yeah. They were terrible Got Lebron um, Was a mad Lebron Cavs fan Obviously When he left for Miami Worst day of my life
0: Burning jersey Did you burn a jersey I didn't burn a jersey But <laughs> I was
1: close I remember yeah. yeah I was close Yeah I wasn't happy And just had so much Cavs gear And like I was all in Like yeah. I was all in And uh yeah, that was disappointing. When he came back, like maybe best day of my life. Yeah. yeah that's another story for another time. But <laughs> had a great time, enjoyed myself that night. Um, <laughs> it was really good. And uh, I actually ended up going over. I always told myself I wanted to be there when he won it for Cleveland. So I ended up going over for game four, six, and seven.
0: Wow. Yeah,
1: did uh, a couple of mains and we did uh, San Fran for game seven. We got over on the day. So yeah. uh, it was unbelievable to be in Cleveland. It was just – and pretty much from that moment, I've kind of just been content with the NBA. I'm like, I don't need to follow it anymore. I've seen the pinnacle. Right. Um, I certainly don't like people following players, but I understand it in this day and age with how much movement there is. Yeah. Um, I think more so for
0: people in Australia as well. If you're not from a place, like, why why are you loyal to a, a place, I guess? Definitely. It's
1: going to get interesting here. Like, I feel like Aussie rules, Australian sport is going. Yeah That way um, As the money goes up And it's just going to get there But It'll be fascinating to see I think football's different Because you've got so many players But Basketball They can have such an impact You can get one player Like my Cavs just got Donovan Mitchell And It's changed their whole Outcome Like now they're a contender And uh, It'll be interesting to see how it goes But um, yeah, it would be fascinating. How
0: many times have you watched the blocked by James? Like a lot of times, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There
1: was some crazy plays. That, that, was that game seven was unbelievable.
0: It was huge. Unbelievable. So how yeah. then do you feel about Kyrie Ovi <laughs> at the moment?
1: Well, yeah, it's a shame. He's so talented. Yeah. And I've heard some unbelievable stories from coaches that have been around him Yeah, that in isolation say he's one of the hardest workers I've ever been around and his yeah. love for the game is unparalleled. And you can see that. Like, his craft is... Yeah, insane. insane. He might be one of the better finishers, better ball handlers, better scorers of all time, and um it's disappointing to see what's happening. And yeah, I guess that's the
0: off-court stuff is a sh- yeah. It's a shame to yeah that distract from what he is. Is just a hundred percent in isolation. So. He's a yeah. top seventy-five player. Yeah, he's, he's unreal. Huge. Um, all right, this is a comment from Instagram from James underscore Canola, uh, with a K. Um, Good name. <laughs> yeah. Um, loving the chemistry you three have built within three episodes, and we we'll add you. us three? Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. You, me, and Scott. No, obviously not Greg. <laughs> <And> obviously <laughs> not Greg. Yeah. Um, as someone who only started paying attention to basketball and the NBL because of the Jack Jumpers, this is right uh, the right level of discussion wow. I need about this league. There you go. Um, can I request Clint Steindl as a guest? Don't know much about his career pre Jackies, but would love to hear about his transition. From a dominant West uh, West Coast Wildcats side to an unknown expansion team, like it. Now you've coached him yep. at the Wildcats, and now he's the captain of the yep. Jack Jumpers. So you could probably answer a little bit of this.
1: Yeah, Clinton, me, have a, yeah, he's one guy that I've uh, become really fond of. Our relationship is unbelievable i think him coming to tassie and me both had an effect on each other's decision i hope anyway um and certainly knowing he was thinking about going there yep. was very comforting uh we built a really good relationship early uh, when he got when he first came to the cats and he was kind of in and out of greece and kayla was here playing for perth and yeah. um yeah we we got on the court we kind of worked out a lot together because he didn't travel and that's where it started and his evolution as a player into a leader has been remarkable right. uh, i think I've said this to guys in Perth that have been around him before that if they saw him now they'd be kind of shocked because right. in Perth he, well he didn't need to lead. We had such great leaders. Yeah, he was
0: just that, he was quiet. And yeah, and yeah. I think
1: he was open to a change and I remember meeting with him uh, and telling him I was leaving and he was like, I'm actually thinking about it too and it was kind of a cool moment. We had yeah. a glass of red together and um yeah, it was exciting, and when he came over, I don't think he anticipated being the inaugural captain and yep. you know, for two years and going to a final series, but what he's done for our club has been nothing but remarkable. He gives us a level of class that I think is really important yep. when you're coming in and trying to earn your stripes as an organisation, and uh, his work ethic and standards has set this organisation up to be successful for a long time, and yeah, uh, it's, yeah he'd, be a, he'd be a fascinating guest.
0: Huge. I actually have a Kayla Steinle jersey at home. Yeah, she's
1: definitely the better Steinle, yeah, she's yeah. incredible. Yeah.
0: I I was shooting hoops one time at um I think Warwick Centre and I was wearing it, and someone came up to me. They said, "How the hell do you have a Kayla Steinle jersey?" And yeah. Because when I was working there, there was like this um, dud set of jerseys that had the wrong sponsor on it, <laughs> and so uh, I just like grabbed Kayla's, Smart. and now um and I've told her a few times yep. that you know I've, I have Rocky jersey, and it's um yeah, she's also a legend uh, yeah. basketball player. Um she hopefully I don't know if she's thinking of playing again, but she's uh she should. I hope she does, yeah. They just said
1: yeah. baby number two. Right. Um so yeah, she's a hell of a player. Hell yeah. A
0: player. Pick and pop. Yeah. WNBA down. draft pick. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, huge. Um all right, well that's uh that's all we're gonna cover today. Thank you so much for coming in. Anytime. You've got Perth Wildcats. Um when is this gonna come out? This will come out on Wednesday. Today's Wednesday right? Yep. Today's so it's come out tonight so you've got Beautiful. Wildcats tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Yeah. Big game. R A C. Yep. Um Last time you guys played Scott Roth and uh, John really had a little chat, yeah. at the end of the game, which um, which I went at Shane Heal about on the uh, on Twitter because he reckons there was a bit of a, a kerfuffle, but uh, big yeah yeah big <laughs> referred to me as big time um, Oh really yeah, because it was like it was he chanted me, you know like what, it, what was it oh, about then big time? can't say chant. Yeah, 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 yeah. so, uh, but yes, that was good that we got some info from you. They're just chatting about the umpires. So uh, both John Reilly and uh, Scott Roth are just nice guys. Like, I can't imagine them going at each other. Yeah, it
1: was a fascinating, I don't know what was Yeah. Oh, it was interesting, but there was certainly no malice in it. No. There was a bit of banter. There was a bit of banter pre-game and yeah. uh, both are like. Oh, I mean,
0: guys trash talk each other on the court all the time. Yeah. Why can't the coaches yeah. throw a little bit of one on another? Uh, if you do want to get in contact with us, hello at backchatpodcast.com.au or on Instagram, backchat underscore basketball. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Who knows if Greg will be here or if you'll forget or if he's got something else on. But <laughs> um, if you're around next week, I can you can fly back. back in. Yeah, yeah, potentially, I can You can just replace Greg every yeah. week. That sounds unreal. (laughs) Thanks, (laughs) man. No worries. That episode from Backchat Studios lives on the ACAST Creator Network. If you want to sign up as a patron or access all of our merch, head to backchatpodcast.com.au.